we're live coming to you from the sold out apartment in toronto ontario canada it's in the gray with striker and t you like that way too much that is a sick intro i'm tempted to pause this episode and listen to it again Nah. but i won't do it because you will not like it <laughs> That's an inside joke to me and my friends. Yes, you have friends. Mm-hmm. Um, also funny because Tans aren't even in the room. So it's sold out, but like nobody's here. Yeah, it's only two seats. <laughs> you know that? That's all, folks. Two seats in this small local. Anyway, um, how you doing, man? How you doing? What's going on? How you doing over there, buddy? Hmm? Hey, how's it? How's that? Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, this week this week mm. this week was probably the most unmotivated i've been during the entire pandemic okay okay um go on i mean you i know. barely worked out uh, just uh, just to be clear how many times did you work out so by this week you mean last week yeah so how many times did you work out three But they were, like, so lazy. You know, I like that there was a pause there. Um, <laughs> I like that everyone yeah, just got to... Because the... in that pause, people were like, bro, shut it. Yeah, yeah but, like, for thing. me, who's usually working out five days a week and has no problem with that, and my workouts have been a lot shorter, I just, like, even to do them was just, like... Ugh. Yeah. Maybe you needed the break, And dude. they, like, they were so sloppy towards the end of it. Ugh. Yeah. yeah just so unmotivated like not even just working out but just like just doing stuff like didn't want to cook anything didn't want to read anything didn't want to do anything last week mm-hmm. yeah all right well you know i get it uh what do you think led to that you think just like a burnout a um, pandemical burnout that's why i feel like i keep going like what are we burning out on, you know? I know what you're saying. We're not going nearly, you're not doing nearly as much as we were doing, not thinking or, like, mm-hmm. having to do anything nearly as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, maybe it was just, like, emotional thoughts or just feeling like, mm, I need to tap out from being a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hard work is relative. Yeah, for sure. But I just mean, um, I don't think there was one defining moment. I just think it was like, um, I just want to put everything on pause right now and not do anything. Yeah. So that was definitely my feeling. I get that. Um, and I don't know. I think too, just missing personal growth, like tangible personal growth, I think has been a big thing for me lately too. Because mm-hmm. that's super motivational for me. Mm-hmm. You know, getting more clients, getting more money, um, getting clients to reach certain goals. Yeah, true. Um, you know, just meeting new people, connecting in different ways. Um, I think that that is very motivational for me. Mm-hmm. That's partially, I'd say, a big part of why I like working so much. Do you think you do you think you prefer to work in groups than by yourself? You don't like working by yourself, do you? Uh, that's not true. No, it was a question. Then you just told me. <laughs> you asked me and then told me. No, I told you then asked you. 
I said, you don't like working in... No, I said, you don't like working in groups, do you? No, you... <laughs> I you said... just said that. <laughs> I said, I made a statement based on what I think, and then I decided to ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't mind working by myself. I have no problem with that at all. I was born in it. I just like the diversity of it. I Holded like it. going somewhere and like having a place to go do something. Okay. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Since being home with Quinn, I've adapted more to being on my own and doing different things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, I think that's a big part of what my career will be, period. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess, I I just think, I think it's important to definitely, um, be able to work by yourself and in that space able to create and do and whatever um and yeah i, I think well said i think i think one of the big things in this pandemic is it's kind of forced everybody to work in isolation um mm-hmm. and especially in our in our field or in our uh, career what in our field yeah whoa that tripped me out i thought i said the <laughs> wrong thing in our field which is you know health and fitness wellness you know, we're constantly working with other people, even our clients, right? We're constantly working with other people, we're working with other colleagues, coworkers, that kind of thing. Um, we're constantly referring to other practitioners, other professionals. We're, uh, you know, learning techniques from each other, teaching each other, working out together. Like we're constantly together in a lot of ways, even though your own client base is your own. So to kind of be forced um, or to be, you know, the shift of still doing what you were doing but with no one else or no other colleagues around you to you know bounce off of or whatever is different for sure Mm -hmm. and then i think shifting into doing you know creating things for yourself is definitely different for sure too yeah i think that's been the positive or for me anyway dipping my feet into things that i've never done before and never probably would have done otherwise Mm -hmm. um but I, i do think both roles are very important of working in a group setting connecting with people, seeing different people, having that face-to-face interaction, and also having time by yourself to kind of plan things for yourself, develop on your own, mm-hmm. develop what you want to do on your own. Um, yeah, you're right. I agree. I think it, I think both are very critical for personal growth. Mm-hmm. Facts. Um, yeah. Big facts. That's my new favorite saying. Big facts. Yeah. Because they're not facts. They're big. Oh. They're big facts. They're bigger than facts. They're just big. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I will also say. <laughs> Your Wills also? Who's Wills so also? Sassy. Sounds like a name. Uh, Will Sasso. Sounds like a basketball player. Yeah. Wills also. <laughs> it does. Right? Yeah. Like a 50, 1950s player. Anyway, yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, <laughs> I've noticed that my friend or my clients, they are now my friends. Mm-hmm. I feel like during the pandemic, I've connected so much more with my clients. Yeah. <laughs> As our child meows. Um, <laughs> like a kitten. I hope people can hear it. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you notice this with your clients too, but now you're constantly in their homes, whether that's physically in their homes or just online. Yep. You're so much more involved with their day-to-day stuff. And because you can easily switch your time and schedule, I feel like there's more of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also, and I thought about this a while ago, you're probably the only person they see that much that's not in their household. Yeah. Like, even with a lot of my clients, I see them two, sometimes three times a week. 
that's three hours that I'm with this person who's not in my household. And obviously, if we're on, since we're on lockdown, you're not really seeing people outside your household. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like you're seeing them more than even their neighbors, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless they play outside with their kids or something. But, you know, uh, so, yeah, you kind of and like you said that you're in their home. So, yeah. And I just feel like this is a vulnerable time where people oh, yeah. are. Uh, I don't want to say more honest, but because there's no setting to be professional in unless you, you know, work a nine to five online or something like that. I think even there, there's also uh, certain vulnerabilities, but. We're just in a time now where it's almost like the world is on pause. So there's no need to be quote unquote professional or put up any fronts. So everyone's just kind of, everything just feels more honest. Yeah. And I think that's what's leading to. Um, People being more open. Yeah. Just that tighter friendship vibe. Yeah. Because even our neighbor clients. here that was telling us that. Yeah. He only goes to work like a couple of days a week. Yeah. And so he sees those people more often mm-hmm. and they've chatted a lot more. For sure. Um them being in like large groups where everybody's at work and everyone's just in their cubicle Mm -hmm. um you know and i didn't know this but sam my sister-in-law she had her own full-on office and she didn't want to work she didn't want to go to work oh she she chose to be at home even though she has had her own full-on nice office yeah okay i get that i mean like i get the idea or the the thought of preferring to be home i get it um i would have definitely chosen to go back and forth yeah I i don't know if she could have done that but Um, But I don't know. I guess that's my, I guess, you know, if you're someone who's like, if she was having like issues at home or something, then it's like, yeah, go to your office a couple times a week or something just to kind of let, you know. Well, now she doesn't have an office because she chose to stay at home. So that's like like pick or choose. Indefinite type thing. Got you. That's tough though. I, I think it'd be hard with the boys. I would have probably picked home. In her shoes, I'd have probably picked home too. Just because you can be home it makes it easier for Wes to you know do stuff also mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know if they would have ever considered doing a nanny i feel like i don't know if i ever talked to you about that but um, no they both just do daycare and it works fine for them yeah because both their schedules are pretty flexible yeah anyway but um i mean nice to have that option though for sure mm-hmm. yeah how was your week um i don't know it was it was kind of a i wouldn't say a blah week but like um Sort of like I guess it almost felt like a nothing to report type of week. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the couple things that I would say that I did feel or notice was, you know, with the weather getting a little bit better here in Toronto, it's just at least something to look for. That's for sure. Like the weather is for sure going to get better. Yeah. Uh, so just feeling that temper temperature change is nice, right? Like, and I think that's one of the things that we've kind of one of the hardships of dealing with this pandemic. It's like everything's kind of up in the air all the time, even though they say, well, we're going to, you know, do this. Then right the second before they do it, it's like, we aren't going to do that. Yeah. You're right. So I think it's just nice to kind of have something coming along. That's obviously giving us clarity. And uh, just from a personal professional level, it's just better for me in general, like for us to get out, do things outside more with the kids, just be able to be outside more, be more comfortable being outside. Number one, Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, from a professional standpoint, you know, I, I know people would be more open to obviously working out outside. Yeah. So it just, it's better for business as well. Um, and I think it just allows for more opportunity. Yeah. Just, just for business growth and also from personal growth in terms of like putting the squat rack outside and, um, yeah, outside with yeah, you know, so it doesn't feel like, all right, everyone bundle up. Let's go in the frigid snow for 20 minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We can just kind of be out there for a 
couple hours. Like, why not? What else yeah. is there to do? So, uh, yeah, just looking forward to that. And I don't know, kind of uh, in conjunction with that, kind of being optimistic about the lockdown coming to an end, although there, that's... It, it's always in sight, right? But it's never in sight. So, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I'm I'm feeling optimistic about it. Uh, it's supposed to hopefully be. It's supposed to be done on the eighth, but you know, I in my mind, it's going to be done in March. I, I don't, I don't see how they would put it, push it longer than March. And funny enough, so last summer when, um, the when everything was open, uh, we have lower numbers then for COVID deaths and cases than we do now that we've been in lockdown so oh, it's really? like so it's like what are we doing yeah why are we in this yeah so i think you know based on that evidence alone you know we should be opening up if not on the 8th which is in a few days mm-hmm. um you know or in a week uh, before april for sure so i'm just kind of feeling optimistic about it coming at some point in time um again as for the same reasons that i mentioned just being able to be outside, yada yada yada, um, making more money and stuff, and that—that's the next thing that it takes. It takes me to my next point, which is just—I'm just sick of kind of being at a financial standstill because of the pandemic. Like, you know, I think I'm very grateful that, you know, at no point did I feel like we were in a situation where it was like, oh man, how are we getting dinner? Yeah, you know. So yeah. there was never those concerns whatsoever. But, um, I just miss making bags and not even that but just eh, i'm kind of being funny but just on a serious note you know making an amount of money where you can start to invest in things whether it be your future your debt your just invest in things that matter like you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. not have to think about it at all yeah um even even just the idea of like all right let's work towards going on another trip and and we can just do that easily because the bags are coming in yeah you know so i'm kind of sick of um uh, and I guess for me, it's been the last little bit, really. But eh, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't vibe well when that's happening. I don't like that. I feel very it messes with my everything. Yeah. I, I really that yeah, it throws me off. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to all that stuff being on the horizon. And yeah, man, fingers crossed that there isn't any like I don't know third thirteenth strain that now it's attacking us. We got to close up more stuff. Yeah, it's so. crazy how long this is already going on, and mm-hmm. there's no actual evidence that shows... Shit. Yeah, really. Yeah. And, you know, there's places like India who don't have many cases at all, mm. and they're not even doing vaccines, and places like... Um, where was it? Israel. They're giving out, like, crazy amount of vaccines right now. They're kind of in the top running for the amount of vaccines that they're able to distribute. Um, Israel, Israel, yo, Israel is the shit, eh? Bro, COVID came through, right? And Israel said, oh, what's this thing? Oh, COVID-19, huh? Yeah, it's done. Yeah. They bodied COVID, and then they just had vaccines just to spare. Yeah. Israel's sick. Leave them alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... But, yeah, so it makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. Israel's giving out a ton of vaccines, and their numbers are low. Um, India is not giving out any, and their numbers are low. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what do you do? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it and, just, mm-hmm. it's just so hard to gauge. And I get every government's doing what they think is the right thing to do. But, like, what the? No one knows what the right thing is to do. Yeah, and, and this is the thing that I find strange about all of it. 
with a year of dealing with this pandemic under our belt, right? And this is for every global, different separate global economy, all the different economies across the country, all the different governments, whatever, countries, cities, all that stuff. You have stats, number one, right? So at this point, you have a large enough amount of stats where you can make a more informed decision. Mm-hmm. I get the beginning. We didn't know what it, what it was. You're making decisions because we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know what to expect, blah, blah, blah. Cool, bro. But now there's statistics that show that Canada has the number one um, highest rate for unemployment. It shows, like, just you have those stats yeah. where you can see how much deaths, uh, suicide deaths have gone up, how much depression's gone up. You're looking at the numbers that prove the amount of deaths uh, from COVID, which is really a small amount. Let's be real, bro. Like, yeah, yeah people get it, it's but... It's tiny. Yeah, no one... And if you look at the age uh, range, it's 99-year-olds and up. I'm exaggerating, but... Yeah. I'm just saying, it's like, you have at this point the stats to prove that having a systematic lockdown probably isn't your best option. So why don't we explore other options? And it's just like, to me, it's almost lazy for them to just be like, all right, we're just going to keep, let's just keep all the doors closed because like, oh no. It's like, yeah, bro, like, what not, are you talking about? You're not protecting about? Canadians at that point. No, exactly. So that's the part that I find strange. It's like, you have stats. Uh, are you not looking at them? Why Why are we the ones looking at them? Why is sick kids sending you guys three, I think three or four uh, official reports now saying why lockdowns are like the number one leading cause to... Uh, so many child issues and just all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff and it's yeah. like it's not like it's some joe blow reporter from you know their mama's basement this is yeah. sick kids hospital it's like, astonishing to me the amount crazy. of reports that have come out from high-ranking doctors people who have been in the industry for a long period of time Even government officials government officials yeah. that are saying like this is not okay we right. can't keep doing this these are the stats this yep. is what's happening what the fuck are you doing basically and that's what i don't get it's like it's not just us as civilians being like, oh, stop. Yeah. It's like these are professional people in the know specifically for the issue at hand are saying open up the country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I don't know. You just got to be optimistic and I don't know. It almost feels like the government's taking it personal or something, you know, like it's almost like they're they're like they're, they have it out for us or something. All this personal yeah, I, I don't i don't know if it's that but i i, I do wonder if there is certain connections between certain governments mm-hmm. um you know and i that's one thing i do wonder because obviously there are different countries that kind yeah. of have bad beef for lack of a better word with other countries and others that are associated with others and i feel like canada is one that's like never really stood on its own we've always been like piggybacking off for someone sure. else yeah so um we're 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 uh, and you know in some ways i say it proudly but we're a pussy country. Like, we're not we're not the tough guy. We're not trying to be the leading. If we, if there's anything we want to lead, it's the leading peacefulest country. Yeah, or the, nice. the leading clean country. The leading ni- And that's why I love living here. But that being said, I feel like the downside to that is that we don't, I don't know, we don't really have a backbone as a country. Mm-hmm. You know? And, yeah, I um, I'm not talking about the people. I'm talking more so for the government. Like, they've never had to deal with they never really had to make any hard decisions in that respect. Yeah. And I think there's other countries that are used to dealing with other hardships or dealing with making tough decisions where there is, uh, you know, conflict between civilians and government and things like that, which I think can be helpful and um, just helps to make everything more resilient. And there's more of an understanding between civilians and the government. Yeah. Whereas for us, we've just been like happy up here for millions of years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this is really the first major thing where 
we're having a conversation with mm-hmm. our government. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's, I, I, I do think that Trudeau, um, I think this might be it for him for sure. Yeah, I think so too. But. It's funny to add on know. to this, which is unrelated a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's funny that two major, um, things that have happened in our lifetime or not our lifetime, but mm-hmm. in our world, mm-hmm. uh, like, for example for slaves coming mm-hmm. to canada and mm-hmm. that was like their escape mm-hmm. and also the like internment caves camps and people from uh japan mm-hmm. coming to canada mm-hmm. everyone's just like trying to escape here to be happier yep but like you know all those people who have been through these crazy um traumatic things in their life it, it just it sucks that there's almost not someone from that leading yeah <clears throat> or leading in the, in the way that they would um have more of a backbone yeah true it is very true i take it personal sometimes you know it, it almost feels like like what are you guys doing bro like mm-hmm. don't be dumb you know especially um, someone like trudeau who's like the world he was a, the man was a drama teacher huh? yeah he was a drama teacher pretty boy and you know what i was really rooting for him when he first um was elected and everything. Oh, just, I wasn't paying attention to politics back then. Well, I just felt like people are so hard on him. Mm-hmm. You know, his father ran the country, so maybe he's seen it firsthand kind mm-hmm. of thing. But, yeah, true. Um, I feel like now, like, anything that's happened, even with everything with, like, the um, civil rights movement and all of that, mm-hmm. he never really made a statement about that at all. Not really. They did a thing where they gave something like, we're going to give $200 billion to, like, black people and shit. But I don't know. I feel like that didn't really go anywhere. I almost feel like that was uh, one of those blanket statements that you make. But when you actually look at the fine print, it's kind of like, oh, wait, you're not actually. So wait, it's just like a ta- like it's, it's just it's like a, it's a nice statement to hear, but it's not really exactly what you're saying. No. You know what I mean? And it's usually like that money was already going somewhere exactly. to those communities. Exactly. Or it's if, if I said to you, like, you know, I own a movie theater and it's like, all right, you know what, son? You know what? If you keep it up, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna give you a free, free, you know, movies for a year, and then you're like, oh yeah, I want to get those free movies. I'm like, oh well, you have to, you have to, you have to watch movies for ten years straight. Then yeah, you'll get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so it's just, I don't know. It's all weird. Um, but yeah, we'll see where this goes. We'll see where this goes. Speaking of taking it personal. Food. Food. <laughs> food. Um. Yeah, man. Food is personal. Mm-hmm. So personal. Um, this is a conversation I have with every single client. I don't think it's personal, though. Oh, it's personal. No, well, for me, for me, for me. No, but you get weird when you're, when you're on your hot streak mm. of just, like, eating cake. <laughs> That's when you get weird, where it's like, I'm going to go get some cake. I'm gonna go do this. Yeah. But like, otherwise you don't really care. But I I will say like you, you are a rarity in that. Because mm. I think you're also someone who's not. I said up until up until recently I would mm. say, you've never really been fixated on food in that way. Mm. I think recently you're a little bit more fixated for sure. Mm-hmm. But even just how you eat, how you don't uh, overeat. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really eat when you're not hungry. Mm. Um, like that's very rare. Mm. I think, um, yeah, with clients, man, it is tough to get like a food oh, love. Oh, for sure. 
it's tough to have those conversations oh, about food. Oh, man, that makes me... Sometimes I, get, sometimes I get mad. Yeah. You know what I don't like? I actually prefer, and I feel like I'm killing your segment here, but I prefer when clients are like, I don't know if I'm going to... I might get you the food log. Yeah, yeah. I don't like when they're like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then they never... Yeah, I can't it. stand that. hate it. Because when people say they'll do it, I get this little bit of excitement of mm-hmm. like, mm, maybe this person will kind of work towards their goals. Yeah. Um, but then I, A, hate asking for a second time. Yeah, me too. Hate. Um, and B, like, it's not for my benefit. It's nope. for your benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, people really take it personal mm-hmm. and... Um, not only what you're eating, but certain habits of, like, skipping certain meals and then just snacking or right. those late-night snackers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with that being said, we all go through those phases. We all have moments where we overindulge or we eat things that we're not supposed to. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know. One thing I say to a lot of clients is, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen it before, so you're not going to be the first person, or you're not going to surprise me, or it's not going to, like, make yeah. me think anything differently of you. Right. Um, do you think it's embarrassment for a lot of them, though? It's or completely do you think it's embarrassment. Just it's, it, but it's, it's embarrassment because it's personal judgment. Like, mm-hmm. they're judging they're judging themselves as they're writing it down, basically. Yes, yes, true. Um and that comes with like a lot of self chatter of just like things you've been told growing up or things that you've um you know you just hear things certain things are bad for you right um so you kind of judge yourself in that way mm-hmm. um and i think also a lot of it is from like unhealthy coping patterns of overeating or um i think we talked about this was it last segment or the one before of how certain um Certain foods that you crave mean mm-hmm. you're emotionally deprived in certain ways. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and people who have food addiction, people who have, um, you know, who are just um, looking for that comfort food. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's two ways there where it's just, you know, I know I'm eating the wrong thing, and also these are... It's associated with a feeling that you get when you are creating that unhealthy pattern right. of stuffing your face with whatever because you're feeling sad. Or, I mean, that typical one obviously is like ice cream. When women are sad, they eat like ice cream. Ice cream is so tasty. Yeah, it is. So tasty. Um, you know, but I almost got uh, tonight. I almost got a red velvet slice of cake with two scoops of vanilla cake and one scoop of red velvet. I or sorry. I almost got one slice of red velvet cake with two scoops of vanilla ice cream and one scoop of red velvet ice cream. Because mm-hmm. I was curious. I was like, what does that taste like, red velvet ice yeah. cream? Probably red velvet cake. <laughs> but then I was like, you know what, dude? Come. You're better. <laughs> and I didn't do um, it. But yeah, and even those moments where you're wanting something, you almost get anxious of like, I need to have something. Mm. And, you know. That's, Me or just in general? In general, general people. Okay, okay, yeah um for sure i felt that for sure yeah i I think that's 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 a big part of it too with Mm. like the emotional part of it that where you almost attach food emotionally as well Mm -hmm. um and you know it's definitely tough because most cultures food is a big deal Mm -hmm. where you connect with your friends you connect with your family um i know like an italian culture like they'll get upset if you don't eat a ton of food or 
finish your plate or you know indulge in like whatever right um like nona still gets mad that i don't eat lasagna nothing (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) that's an inside joke people you'll never know it yeah um you know so it's definitely tough because it's constantly around you but it's um yeah it's just it's food is personal in so many ways with that um emotional connection with the like social connection and just the like personal like am i supposed to eat this is this good for me yeah you know i really love i really enjoy wine Mm -hmm. that's something that i've really felt like yeah i will do this forever Mm-hmm. There's certain things in my life that I'm not necessarily in the sense of like every day, forever and ever, but just I'll never not do that. Mm-hmm. Like smoking weed's another one. Smoked a ton of weed in high school. Do it once in a blue moon now, but I'll never not do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There'll never be a time in my life where I'm like, you know what? I'm not smoking that green stuff anymore. Yeah. I probably, even if I do it once a year, I mean, technically I'm still smoking weed. I'm still open to it. Um,. Yeah, just like a nice little glass of wine, you know? Yeah, but I mean, the difference is when, yeah, I'll have it occasionally or when you feel like you have to have it. Yeah, true. I don't, that's never. And. There's times where I really want it, but it's yeah. not. That's just me being, wanting what I want. But yeah. I will say this, though, with the wine thing, which is why, to agree with what you're saying about the personal aspect of it, it is more personal. It's more, it's not, it's obviously not, the ta- it tastes nice. But it's more the vibe of, because to me, a glass of wine almost represents um, leisure, the day's wrapped up. And I think that's what most wine is for most people. It's like, you wrapped up your day, you did what you have to do, you're kicking your feet up, you're watching TV, or you're doing whatever you Mm -hmm. enjoy with a glass of wine. Um, And I love that feeling. Isn't wine or like alcohol depressant? And that's um, part of it, because it puts you in that sedative type I guess, feeling. I guess so, yeah. And that's why people with really high anxiety drink so much. Yeah, for sure. I think I think on a excuse me. I think on a deeper level on a deeper level for sure. But I mean I, I, I don't drink enough to even feel any, No, but you know it's I mean? anything like, in your system would yes. kinda of give that sedative feeling a for little sure. bit. Um and I never really realize that until my mom was actually drinking wine very regularly Mm -hmm. really yeah that would have been cool man um that was kind of her thing but recently like yeah um like when was i've never seen her drink yeah because because it was she realized that it was not helping her anxiety and stuff Mm. so she kind of cut out alcohol in that way Mm. um maybe like four or five years ago um but yeah it's it's crazy to see the difference in someone like that too, mm-hmm. whether it's alcohol or food, when they're dependent on the food, right? Um, you know, they have to have it and it's, their anxiety is way up because they've created this um, coping mechanism or this stimulus every single time that they feel that emotion, they need to have that stimulus. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, one of the biggest ways to like even correcting the pathways is just changing your routine, changing... Mm-hmm. Um, that what you grab basically when mm-hmm. you're feeling that anxious or you're feeling sad or yeah. whatever the case is. Yeah. Sure. Hmm. I was gonna elaborate or go into something else, but no, that's 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 a good point. Um. Yeah, I feel like a lot of it. Like I feel like anxiety obviously is the biggest factor into that, and I think it goes into also, um, 
with dependency, I feel like if you're not somebody who typically feels anxious or feels dependent on anything and you can kind of roll with the punches a little bit better, you won't really be as susceptible to being dependent on food or anything mm-hmm. like that, you know? Um, but I, I do wonder if it's more um, with women as well. Um, obviously, we are more emotional creatures, but I, I do think females get um, judged more when it comes to appearance and food. Um, like, there has not been a point in my life where someone has commented on the way that I eat or the way that I look um, in, a, in a negative way. So, and wherever I was, whether I was overweight or extremely fit, someone has always made a comment negatively. Oh, okay. And, like, people that are close to me. Yeah. Um, you're too strong. What are you doing? You're too skinny. Why do you eat that shit? You're, you're um, you know, like, what are you doing? You're wasting your time eating that organic stuff. Mm-hmm. Or the other way of just, like, you're eating too much. Like, you're eating too much junk. Mm-hmm. Like, you're mm-hmm. overweight. Um, I love that because it actually ties very well into... My striking thought, but that's coming up a little bit later on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I do think that it does affect women a little bit more. Mm. Being more emotional and just being um, picked on, for lack of a better word, mm. um, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, I was, I was going to say men and women, but speaking of mom and dad, I guess, in terms of, um, you know, obviously, I guess, traditionally speaking, when you think of, Men and women, you think of mom and dad when it comes to parenting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, nowadays, um, you know, there's it doesn't take a mother and a father or a man and woman to be a parent. So, let's just say, speaking of moms and dads, which mm-hmm. can be any and everyone, yeah. um, we wanted to kind of touch on a little bit of the roles that are played between mother and father, typically, the typical roles, um, and just, I guess, discussing a little bit of the back and forth of you know, what we think those roles are typically and how the other parent feels about those roles and feels about the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Feels about the stereotypical nature of those roles, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. We'll just kind of dive into it. You'll kind of figure it out as we go along, folks. Um, so as always, ladies first. Yeah, mom. I you mean- know what? Equality. I'm going to go first this time. Okay, Dad. So hold the door open for me and let me walk through it. Um, So I guess one role that I think, you know, most dads would feel or I would feel, you know, you just got to protect everybody. And that means, uh, and that's an all-encompassing thing. It doesn't just mean like only for the day that that burglar comes in, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's kind of everything. Like whether it be protecting them from, yeah, of course, a burglar or physical danger or protecting them from emotional danger. If you have kids, young kids who are, you know, at that age where they're getting into like little relationships and stuff like that and whatever, you're there to protect them from whoever might be trying to take advantage of them or just, you're just there to protect your family in every, in every, in, in any and every way. I think every man or every dad feels, um, that that's a role that they have to kind yeah. of undertake yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think for women, just like household, I'll loop this all together, but like household tasks and organization. So making mm-hmm. sure everything's good in the home. Mm-hmm. 
you know, there's food in the fridge. There's everything's clean. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just like making sure the home is taken care of and yeah. like put together mm-hmm. kind of thing. Sure. I think that's something that kind of comes naturally, but um, yeah, I feel like men don't don't think about stuff like that. Not really. You know what? Men only think about it. Dads only think about it when it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Like if I walk into the kitchen and I can smell something gross, then I'll be like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. okay. I got to take this out or, oh, I got to clean up that old thing in the fridge or whatever, which aren't issues that we ever have. But I'm just saying that would be a scenario where, you know what I'm saying? Though? <laughs> Hold like, on. Let, let's run that back. It's never been an issue. Yeah. Because I'm constantly cleaning out the fridge. Right, but I'm just which I'm just saying it's never been an issue. <laughs> what? So yeah, um, but yeah, I think that's kind of how guys or or dads would perceive things like that typically. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I get what you're saying, and I think that's the difference where women are like, I know this is gonna go bad soon, so I'm gonna get rid of it. Whereas men would like, oh wait, this smells like ass. This yeah. needs to go. Yeah. Um. Right. But yeah, what else you got? Um, uh, this one's a little bit. Yeah. So the next one I had, or the next one I put was make sure everyone has what they need to do what they need to do, and this is what this means as you yawn profusely. <laughs> um, so, okay, and I, and I'm actually gonna put a little bit, a little tidbit in there for moms too, and correct me if I'm wrong, but dads will get you the things you need to do you, but don't ask me to help you how to do it Mm -hmm. so for example if my kid needs a brand new this for school Mm -hmm. i'll buy it for you because you need it to do your thing Mm -hmm. but wait a minute you want to learn how to use it ask your mother (laughs) you know yeah and obviously i'm you know i'm generalizing and i love to help my kids and i help them a lot but i'm just saying that's a typical thing yeah or you know if you came up to me and said, I need a hundred bucks. Okay. You need it. Yeah. So just take it. I don't care why. Um, just, you know, I, man, I need to get my haircut. I have to, I have to get my hair. Okay. Like just here, go get your haircut. Yeah. So that, and you know what I think it is, honestly, number one, I think we take a lot of pride in being able to provide for our families, right? That's probably number one. But number two, the less, we hear other we hear our loved ones around us having issues just the more peaceful things are yeah you know yeah if everyone around you is like dealing with an issue or or upset about something number one you don't want to see them going through that but number two it's annoying to you trying to have peace Mm -hmm. you know um so yeah it's just i guess that's how i would put it it's just you want to make sure you have everything you need just so that you're good yeah you know which i guess ties into providing for but that's just a more specific way to put it yeah 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 Yeah. um i will say like i'll put like food in in Mm self-care by self i mean everyone else's self making Mm -hmm. sure that everybody kind of has what they need to you know clothes on their back um especially with quinn like her toys i feel like i'm so keen on making sure she has a variety of things mm-hmm. and has different books. And as soon as I feel like she's growing out of something, I feel like I immediately need to get a new set of books or a new set of whatever. Right. 
Um, I think women are better with specificity, whereas men will just dump a bunch of stuff in a room. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, no, it's all toys. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, yeah, but she needs something to read and then something to use with her hands and mm-hmm. something to yeah. to put on her body and then something to <laughs> smell. Yeah. And yeah. like, but toys. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think women are definitely more in tune with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the last one I had, I guess, just for guy or for dads is just, you know, lift stuff up, fix this, kill that bug. Kind of just all the Grammy jobs. Mm. Like... You know, if something's stuck under something or if something's stuck in uh, somewhere, well, yeah, you got to go get that, bro. Like, that's not, you're not going to be looking at you and your wife going like, well, let's see who gets it. Like, you have to go <laughs> get it. If, if if your kid threw a ball on a roof, it's not a debate. Yeah. Go get the ball, bro. Yeah. You know? I've, um, I've never seen my dad do anything like that, though. Really? <laughs> well, here's the thing. He had two, he has two boys. So it's different. But I also feel like my dad's been partially broken my entire life. Well, old school Italian man that's been working hard job his whole life. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen him kneel down properly. Probably not. Have you seen him kneel down? I've never seen him not just standing up. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen him sit. He doesn't sit. He no, he sits, but he his one leg he can't bend the knee. So he'll, when he's going to play with the kids, he'll kickstand his one leg out to the side. I see what you mean. I want <laughs> to see that. And then hold on very... to something yep. so that he can kneel down with his other knee. Yep. And then his one leg is still kicked out on the side. What's up with your father's knee? <laughs> he said it hurts too much to bend. It's obviously. <laughs> That's not good. He won't let me do anything about it. Of he course let not. me work out with him once. What do you mean? It's fine. I can work with it. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, fix stuff, do stuff, get that ball, you know, mm-hmm. clean that thing, like do all that stuff. Uh, the car, something's wrong with the car. Can yeah. you, can you do the car thing? Um, and, and funny enough with me, I'm in my heart. I'm really not a mixer fix it guy. No, I'm not at all. I, I, I get grumpy when I have to do stuff like that. Yeah. I just, I don't like it. Um, I don't mind doing that stuff. Yeah. Well, it depends what it is, but um, I do sometimes enjoy looking up how to do things, and I also enjoy calling my brothers and me like, how do I do this? Yeah. Um, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And last one a lot is just, uh, I think women kind of take more care of, or moms anyway, someone mm-hmm. in the family, take more care of social development type stuff and appointments and like... Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure that like connecting 100%. with other beings basically mm-hmm. 100%. Um, yeah moms keep the family healthy yeah for sure because uh, everyone good yep yep mm-hmm. all right we're, we're good mm-hmm. and mom's like no, no but you know what i saw that one actually coughing up blood the other day so i think they're <laughs> just saying that um yeah but but honey they said they're good yeah but saw the blood you know yeah so let's get a doctor's appointment going you know, like it's just yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, big one. And I will say too, I do think that, and this pissed me off so much mm-hmm. when Wesley was telling me this. Um, so my brother says quite often when he's out with the boys, he constantly his gets, sons or like his boys, his sons, uh-huh. that he constantly gets people commenting at well, how about how great of a dad he is. Whoa, dude! <laughs> commenting at what? <laughs> Um, commenting on how great of a dad he is. Well, yeah. 
I mean, people are dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. Not saying he's not a great dad. No, no, no. But that's the thing. I think when people see dads doing like anything like that. for sure. It's like, you're an amazing dad. Yeah, the mother just did 20,000 more things than that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, big facts. I think even if I'm out just, if it's just me and Quinn alone, or me and Vay alone, or just me and both of them alone. Because those are the only options. Those are the only options. <laughs> just walking with them. It's like, oh, he's a daddy. Yeah, you know? for sure. And what do I do? Oh, I'm a dad. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. Yep. Sam and I were talking about this, and just, it's so frustrating. Mm. And I I do think women get more credibility in the sense of, like, something, for example, Mother's Day. Like, Mother's Day is a massive deal to so many people. But Father's Day, like, I remember even one year I was trying to look for something for my dad that said, like, number one dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find it anywhere. Because mm-hmm, fuck that. Because it was, like, it's just, like, a little section that's available, like, two days before Father's Day. Whereas Mother's Day is drawn out for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just a bigger deal, I think. But in defense of Mother's Day and that whole notion... I actually think one of the reasons why Mother's Day is bigger than Father's Day isn't just because mothers, you know, quote unquote, do more than fathers. It's because mothers care more about stuff like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. I don't give a shit about that. What are you going to do? Waste your money buying me something that I don't give a shit about? My and dad then moms. Used to love that. Huh? My dad used to love that. Okay. But most dads don't really. Yeah. You know, like we don't really care about something crazy like that. It's like. If you really want to give me a gift, just sh- <laughs> shut it. You know? Yeah. But no, I'm kidding. But I'm just mean, literally a gift. But that is very, like, typical. Well, yeah. Just, like, let me sit at home, watch a ball game with a beer or something. Whatever, you know? Like, something like that. Like, we don't yeah. really care. What are you going to get me? A shirt? Like, what? 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 A necklace? Know. One of the shirts I got my dad, he doesn't even fit anymore, and he still tries to wear it. Because you're his kid. Yes. Because you're his kid. And also, I made this toolbox for him out of, mm-hmm. like, paper mache when I was, like, five. Yep. Or maybe grade five. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says tools on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, like, the size of, like, a little uh, jewelry tray. So it holds three pencils. Go on. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. He still has that in his bedroom mm-hmm. and keeps, like, his business cards and, like, that yep. kind of stuff in there. Yep. Because you're his kid. Um, Kids matter. Yeah. And I think, I feel like that stuff would matter once, um, you know, once the girls, like, if Quinn, who's two, got me something, it's like, eh, your mother got it from me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but I feel like if they makes me something, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know? So I just think it, it's, yeah, it's different when it's your kids. But as far as, like, gifts and stuff like that, we don't really care about mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, I think. With in in the theme or in light of the theme of taking things personal, you know, and and just things being personal, as you suggested in the cup of tea with discussing why food is so personal, you know, it just kind of gave me a striking thought of, um, you know, I think, especially in today's climate, um, everyone takes everything so personal. If the social media, social media age, and everything's online and it's so easy to connect with anybody on literally anybody in the world Mm -hmm. just by sending them a dm or an email or an instant message or a facebook post or a whatever um it's just (laughs) easy to take things personal now you know and and um when you really break that down right i think taking anything personal is bad 
mm-hmm. right? Because you're taking, because uh, you're taking an information f- based on an opinion of you. Yeah. And I'll elaborate a little bit more on that. But ultimately, anything anyone says about you is their opinion and has nothing to do with you. Yeah. So what I mean by that essentially is if someone calls you an asshole, it doesn't mean you're an asshole. But if you take it personal, you're taking it personal because there's a part of you that kind of believes you're an asshole. Mm -hmm. Now, there's two roads to go with this. If you are an asshole and you didn't like how it felt when that person called you an asshole, hey, don't be an asshole. Mm -hmm. Right? Use it as a rude awakening to say, okay, I didn't like him calling me what I am, which is an asshole, so I'm not (laughs) going to be an asshole. But nine times out of ten, it's just their projection of you. It's what they think of you. It it, it doesn't mean it's who you are Mm -hmm. because you should know who you are, right? And that leads me to my next point. It's just, you know, especially in today's age where it's so easy to be accessible and easy to be viewed for everything we do, it's so important and imperative that you know who you are. And that requires soul searching. That requires personal conversation, meditation, talking to, you know, whoever you would consider to be an elder or somebody who can positively impact your life in terms of having your best interest in mind and helping you find out who you are, what you believe in, what things you like and don't like. And I don't mean like, I like cars, I like girls, but I mean... You know, what are your beliefs? What are your morals? What things do you stand on? What do you think is ridiculous? And you would tell anybody it's ridiculous. Like, you have to know who you are. Because if you kind of don't, or if you're kind of constantly chasing what people think is cool, or what is the hot topic of the day, you're never going to know who you are. And if you don't know who you are, whatever my opinion of you is, you'll just take that to be true because you don't know who you are. So in order to not take what people say personal, you have to know who you are. Yeah. If someone comes up to me and says, hey, man, you're a piece of shit that doesn't care about anybody. I know that's not true because I know I'm somebody that cares about people. Um, So it's easy for me to be like, "Okay, cool, bro. Have a good day, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like and not take it personal. Mm -hmm. But if I don't really think about how I feel about people or what I think about people and someone says I don't care about people. Yeah, of course, I'm going to be like, wait, wait a minute do I not care about people? Do Mm -hmm. I, you know, you're going to question it, right? So it's really important to know who you are. And it's also important to listen to opinions to see how they can help you and not how they can hurt you. So if someone, again, calls you an asshole, it can help you if it makes you realize that some of the actions you're doing are those of an asshole. So it can help you in the sense of knowing, okay, I don't want to be viewed that way. And it means I have to not take these actions or which, you know, means I have to stop thinking this way. or means I have to stop viewing things this way. or means I have to stop treating people this way. Mm -hmm. Right. But it only hurts you if you just believe it and just feel bad about it. And you're not going to do anything about it. And you're just going to get depressed about it. And it just slows up your life, slows up the life of people around you. So, you know, it's okay to listen to opinions. I'm not saying that every opinion that you hear is ridiculous or you shouldn't take in. But, you know, if you're going to take in an opinion, listen to it for the positive impact that it can give you or how it can help you and not how it's just going to hurt you or make you feel bad. And sometimes it takes both. Sometimes an opinion that you because it might be somebody that you trust or um, you respect their opinion, like a significant other or a parent, somebody who, you know, has your best interest in mind. That opinion might hurt at first. And that's 
normal, right? We're still human. We have feelings, especially when it comes to someone that you respect. So yeah, you feel hurt at first, but try to look past that and look into the message that they're giving you. Okay. You know, they said that I'm not a very sensitive person, let's say. So of course that hurts because you want to be a caring person in their eyes. You want them to feel good about you being around. And for them to say that hurts your feelings, but then you have to look past it and say, okay, what actions have I done towards them that makes them feel like I'm insensitive? Or what things have they seen me do that makes them think I'm insensitive? And then you can look into doing the work that's necessary to not take those actions again, things like that. So, you know, it's just, it's this whole thing of taking things personal. You really, what it really boils down to is knowing yourself. And the moment you know yourself, really hold steadfast to being prepared to defend who you are against others' opinion. And what I mean is, when someone stops you and says, hey man, you're a piece of shit. Now you have to, in your own mind, defend yourself against that opinion. So that opinion comes in, and a part of you wants to be like, what the fuck? What are you, who's he, what's he talking? Who's he talking? But you gotta defend that to know, no, 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 I'm not an asshole. This person might just be hurt, or this person might just be going through something, or a lot of times, go ahead. It's almost like filtering it, of just like knowing what to actually do with that emotion. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a big mm -hmm. one, and I think it's crazy how big, like, canceled culture is right now. Massive. Like, it's, it blows my mind that people can't say anything. Mm -hmm. Who was it, Ricky Gervais, how he made that comment when he was um, hosting... Whatever it was, Golden Globes, I think it was. Yeah. And how, you know, Kevin Hart couldn't host it because he made some some comment about gay people a decade ago. Mm -hmm. Yet Ricky Gervais was up there roasting every single person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was on live TV and was like, people have watched that so many times on YouTube. I like how his opening, one of his opening jokes was, um, you guys didn't let Kevin Hart host the whatever it was, the Oscars. Um for making uh, a sense, uh, what is it, a sensitive tweet, and then he points at himself and goes, but I mean, come on, hello, like, how am I hosting it? Mm -hmm. And I say the most rancid shit, Mm -hmm. and I'm up here, like, what? Like, what the fuck? And he did, like, the entire time. He roasted everybody. And almost everything after, he'd be like, I don't fucking care, it's my last time doing it, I don't don't fucking care. Yep, yep. But yeah, man, it's like, it's it's, especially in this, this day and age, where everyone has to be so careful of what they say and not to hurt people's feelings and stuff like that, which, you know, in one instance, honestly, in one way, I think it's it's good to be cognizant and understanding of the fact that, you know, what you say can affect how people feel. But I think we've obviously taken it way too far where now people are almost using it as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it's completely. not and it's not even how they feel anymore. It's just like, oh, I can use what you say and get you canceled. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. And I think, which leads me to my next point, it's like a lot of what someone says about you or how they deal with you or whatever has a lot to do with or a reflection of themselves or how they think or feel about themselves. So anybody who is a prosperous person who's trying to do good, trying to be the, become the best version of themselves, trying to provide for their family, live a wholesome life and support and in a positive way the people around them, they don't have time to be online looking for anything that they can be offended at to cancel somebody like no they're focusing their efforts on other things so a lot of these cancel culture people or a lot of these people who um are saying slanderous things or things that are just negative 
a lot of times it reflects whatever grossness is going on in their own lives and they just don't have an outlet or haven't utilized it, mm-hmm. the outlet to kind of help themselves. So their lash, their pain is coming out in some form of anger, right? So, you know, you really just got to honestly consider the fact that wherever you get your opinion from, make sure it's a credible source or somebody who's who you respect. Like, you know, don't take advice from somebody whose lifestyle or whose decisions that they've made doesn't replicate something that you want from yourself or that you you think is a positive influence on yourself why would you do that yeah um or even just yeah. correlates with like what you want in your life because totally. i mean someone like my grandmother who used to be on my case about like everything mm. um i used to take that so personally and i would like beat myself up about it mm-hmm. um whereas you know she's an old school italian woman mm-hmm. like i don't want to be a stay-at-home mom i don't want to right. be someone who waits on other people hand and foot right. or you know having you know my house clean more being more important than you know going to work or doing other things mm-hmm. um and or having to look a certain way that type of thing 100 percent. and yeah i think that's, that's those are the tough instances where you know with your nona it's like she's still an adult figure in your life who obviously you respect and who has cared for you but her ideologies are wrapped around, like you said, old school Italian culture, which isn't necessarily completely indicative of what you want for your life. Mm-hmm. So, and it's interesting, actually. My mom's the one that told me this a while ago. And she was saying how, I remember, this is literally probably almost two decades. Oh, no, it's too long. Maybe a decade ago that we had this conversation. But um, she was saying how she thinks it's important for young adults to move out. So, you know, once you've become an adult, 18, 19, 20, whatever, 21, when you're done, let's say when you're done college, get the hell out of your parents' house. And the reason why Mm -hmm. it's important is because at that age, there becomes almost an elephant in the room conflict that no one realizes is happening, but it's, it's present. And I'll break it down really quickly. So when you're, let's say you're 21. So you're, you know, you're just finishing, well, let's say you're 23 just finishing school, university or college or whatever, you know, you're, you're in the midst of that. So you're, you're, you're an adult. Like you're in school, you're living out your dreams, you're pursuing your goal, you're pursuing your career, you view yourself as an adult, you know, but you're still living in your parents' house like you always have. And your mom or your dad or your parent is the parent of the household like they always have been. And now you, the child, are also an adult and in university so Mm. you there's there's bound to be conflicts because in some instances you'll see yourself as just the kid in the house and those are the moments where maybe you know maybe you're not going to clean something or maybe you're not going to pay for something you're just going to eat some food because right now in this moment you're a kid and in that very same moment your parent might be looking at you as an adult so now you have a conflict over food and they're saying you don't pay for food in here and you're you don't contribute yeah and you're saying what do you mean like this is what are you saying i should leave? like blah 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 yeah so now you have a conflict because you're both in different you're wearing different hats they have the parent hat on or sorry they have the you're an adult hat on and you have the kid hat on or certain moments when you have the i'm an adult hat on and those are the moments where you think you can be out till three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning come back when you want and they have the hat on of, you're a kid. So now you come at, for, come home at 4 a.m. because you're an adult, right? And your mom's sitting on the couch saying, where the hell have you been? And you're like, bro, I'm an adult, dog. Yeah. Like, who are you talking to? Don't 
tell me that. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, oh, you're an adult? Well, this is my house, and you, you don't pay rent here. Da, da, da. So now you're having an argument. And in both those cases, neither of you are wrong. So it's like, that's why it's important for at that point, the benefit of you, the youngster, moving out on your own is it's going to fuel that hunger for you to still provide for yourself and recognize the importance and uh, the the hardships that it takes to, you know, provide for yourself and have mm-hmm. a roof over your head. Mm-hmm. And, of course, your parents are still there. It's like, it's not like if you can't pay your rent, they're not going to let you move back in, mm-hmm. right? But it gives you that extra motivation to still provide for yourself and be your own adult. And it allows your relationship with your parents to still be fruitful because you're not living under the same roof and you don't have that same dependency as a kid and they're not looking at you as anything but your own adult now because you have Mm -hmm. your own space and they can still support you as a parent because they're still your parent. So um, it made me kind of agree with that because we would have those kind of conflicts um, from time to time when I was living at home at a younger age. Yeah, Um, and I think to even tie it back in, it's just you learn so much more about yourself and you become more confident when you're doing things for yourself. And totally. Things are on the line mm-hmm. where you do have to pay rent, you do have those deadlines. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've seen that in places, you know, working at a club where you could easily tell which people still lived at home and which people totally. did not. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, there's just so much more to gain when you, you know yourself more when you're doing things just for yourself. Yeah, I think I think being in a position where if you don't take certain action, knowing if you're okay, being in a position where if you know if you don't take certain actions, you won't have certain necessities like food, shelter, and clothes. I think it's important for everyone because it forces you to be motivated to at least provide for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're living at home, it's 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 challenging to have that because you live under a roof and have you have all those things taken care of for you. Mm-hmm. And your parents aren't just going to stop doing that, usually. So, you know. Um, so, yeah. Ultimately, though, in, in regards to... Um, just, yeah, just don't take things personal. And, you know, really learn who you are. Really get to know and understand who you are. And this is at any age. Whether you're young, whether you're an older person, it doesn't matter. Like, it's it's very important because it's... Nowadays, it's easy to take things personal, and it's not always beneficial to do that. So, yeah, um, yeah, that would probably be the one. That would be my striking thought of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I wish everyone could see you do the handshake. With the handshake. Thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one day, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a little YouTube channel or something. With a little. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um. All right. You want to head into the closing question? Yeah. It actually takes me into my closing question, um, which is. Uh, so what's the most like hurtful thing a friend or a colleague has said about you or thought about you? Um, I don't know if I've had a friend like actually say something to mm-hmm. me. You know what? I'll start it off because I already have something in mind. Okay. So in college, ugh, I feel like I've told this story before maybe, but long story short. Uh, in college, group of friends, we all obviously were in college together. So, you know, in college or in, or in university, you kind of have a group of friends that you study with, you're in classes with, you kind of become friends because you're in the same grind together. So we had our group of, of friends that we, we were that, we were that clique that we would, whatever. And long story short, one of them, this was like last year or not last year as in last year, like 2020, but the last year in school, we were studying for our last exams. 
And long story short, I keep saying that. But we went to my house. Uh, we smoked a joint. And then we came back to school. And then we were, you know, just a, a typical day. Nothing crazy. And then basically he thought, like, I stole his phone. He couldn't find his phone. So I was helping him look for his phone. Because we got back to school and he couldn't find his phone. So we checked my car because my car is what we drove to my house in. Checked my car. Couldn't find it. Checked the school where we were before we left. Couldn't find it. Uh, I told him I'd look at my house when I got home that night. I went home. I did. I checked my house. Couldn't find it. And basically, he and then told him I couldn't find it. And then, like, weeks after that, he just slowly stopped talking to me. And mm-hmm. it was so subtle mm-hmm. that I didn't even realize it. And then when I did realize it, it was to the point where I just thought, like, he was going through things. Mm-hmm. So I would talk to our other friends and be like, yo, like, you notice, like, Dan's been kind of off lately? Like, yeah, yeah, is he good? Like, has he said anything to you guys? And everyone's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's... Like, he just wouldn't chill with us. Like, he just stopped talking to us. Yeah. So we were just kind of all weirded out by it. Um, anyway, we finished our exams. And I remember, we just finished our last exam. We all, except for Dan, obviously, because he wasn't chilling with us anymore. We're all chilling in this, like, cafeteria area, talking about the exam, feeling good about it. We all knew we passed, so we were just chilling out. Schoolwork is done. Literally, all that's left is graduate. And one of my good friends, uh, who's a friend to this day, Andre, said to me, uh, yeah, man, like, I, you know, I don't want you to get mad at me, but I didn't want to say anything to you, but Dan actually did talk to me. And the reason I didn't mention it to you earlier is because we were going through exams and I just wanted all of us to be focused. I didn't want us to be distracted by any kind of whatever. But basically, he thinks you stole his phone that day or some day that he went to your house. He thinks you, like, somehow stole it and whatever whatever Mm -hmm. and yo i was so baffled to this day i'm still like wow yeah because what Mm -hmm. bro you were my friend Uh, like (laughs) and it's funny because literally a month before that i remember he was telling me that one of his one of his personal friends from like where he lived like tried to like have sex with his girl Mm mm-hmm and maybe I shouldn't tell the story on air, but I actually <laughs> told him. I'm like, bro, I'm willing, because I don't know his friend friends, like, outside of school. Mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I'm willing to go up to Newmarket, show me where your friend lives, and I'll smash his face in for you, bro. Like, mm-hmm. just, And then I'll tell the man, like, yo, don't mess with such and such, because he wouldn't know who I am. Like, he would just think some random guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, no, 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 it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. So it's just like, bro, I was willing to, like, dude, we were friends, bro. You yeah. think I would steal your friend? your cellular device i have a cell phone like what are you gonna do i'm hustling what am i gonna do make 80 bucks off your phone bro like so i don't know it was a weird and then you know we still had school a little after that like we we so we finished our exams but we still had like these weird last classes to do um which were just all based on participate like like showing up you get showing up marks kind of thing so we had like maybe a week and a half of the school and so you know dre told me this and i was like what and you know know me like i'm not gonna just be in class with this dude and act like I don't. So I approached him. I was like, yo, yo, Dre told me you think I stole your phone, bro? Like, and I thought he was going to, I thought we are going to have a conversation. I thought he would have been like, yeah, you know, I don't know, bro. I just, I just thought you did. And I didn't want to think about it. So I just thought I'd back up for a bit, but let's talk about, yo, he was adamant. He was like, yeah, bro, you stole my phone, dude. And I was like, bro. That's crazy. For, for real, dog? And he's like, yeah, yo, I, yo, I know you stole it. 
Like, there's no way it couldn't have been you. There's nowhere else it could be. I was like, bro, we chilled at school all day. We drove to my house. We got high, bro. Mm -hmm. We drove back. And then we chilled at school high. And then we went to class. It was a bird class at last class, which is why we smoked. So, like, bro, we were high all day. Like, it could be anywhere in Toronto, dude. What are you talking about? Anyway, and um, the funny part was when... The part that pissed me off was... Because, yo, we played... Throughout the four years of school, we were friends. So there's a couple times we'd play ball at school and he didn't have shorts or something. So I'd like give him a pair of my shorts. Mm-hmm. And obviously I'd be like, yo, bro, wash those. Like, I'm not just going to take the shorts yeah, back. Yeah. You know, bring them home, wash them, and then bring them back whenever, dog. I'm not I'm not stressing it. And that happened a couple times and he just didn't bring them back. And it's whatever, bro. It's all good. I'm not stressing about it. Um, I even forgot about them. But I think it was like the week after that uh, in class. So we're all sitting in class. He comes in and he drops a bag off on my desk, like a plastic bag on my desk. So I look in the bag, and there was, like, four of my ball shorts. Oh, my God. And I was like, wow, Doc. Yeah. And I remember looking at Dre, and then he looked at me and just went, like, you can't see it, listeners, but he kind of, he held up the hand just to be like, yo, just chill. Like, yeah. Just yeah. let it, he just kind of gave me, like, yo, just chill. Just don't. Yeah. And I was like, yo, just, yeah, it was crazy. Um, Yeah. So that, 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 that actually hurt me for years. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he thought that, like. You took it because he had all your ball shorts. No, no. And this is the thing. It's I just I really believe, and this is what I think. I've thought long and hard about it, because a lot of times he would talk about a lot of friends that he had in his actual like personal circle, like from his life. Mm-hmm. You know, people I don't know. And I don't know. They all the vibe I got was a lot of times it sounded like he couldn't trust a lot of them. I mean. One of them tried to sleep with his friend just like five minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. So I just think he had a lot of... Like, it wasn't uncommon for his friends to do shit like this to him. And, you know, I come from a cloth where that's not... That's not... That's not it at all. Mm -hmm. So I I really think that's what it was. Because, yeah, I I don't know. It was almost like an easy out for him to just be like, Oh, he stole my phone. I don't have to to worry about it anymore. That's the reason why. And I guess what baffled me about it was like, Wow, you're willing to throw away a friendship because you don't want to just face the fact that you maybe just lost your phone yeah dog. yeah like bro i'll get you a new phone if you you know <laughs> it was crazy um but yeah i'd say that was the most it, that was that rattled me yeah mm-hmm. i've had a situation like that i will say two things that have bothered me is a relationship I had with a friend in high school mm-hmm. and I would say in even early into early 20s. Um, she was just someone who was all about herself. And I think towards oh, the her. end of our friendship, mm-hmm. you know, I, I asked her to um, take me to the hospital at one point and she was like, what time? I was like, the, the hospital. Yeah. Now. I need hospital, please. <laughs> My health uh, isn't doing well. Yeah. And um, just like little things like that where you could tell she was not in, it was not a like taking give type friendship. Yeah, reciprocal. It was just like, a, yeah. yeah. Um, so the last thing she did was we, I was planning like some birthday party for myself and our mm-hmm. birthday ironically was on the same day. Um so we never had really done anything before together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just planned something literally just for myself. How old were you at this point? Uh, I think I was 22. Okay. Um, and anyway, so the place that I booked to go to dinner with my friends with 
um, was a small space. So I specifically said, like, no sitting from others, Mm -hmm. basically. And um, she got so mad at me, said I was, like, selfish and that I hated her husband. Um, Oh, she was married? Yeah, she was married at that point. Um, And, yeah, she just, like, went ripped into me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and... Uh, so many things that didn't even make sense like she was a shitty ass person and Mm. was not a good friend at all and just because i want to have a birthday by myself and like just just with my friends kind of thing um you know there's nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. but um to her i was a piece of shit person and that's like the last time that we really talked Mm. we like completely stopped talking after that and um was that the wedding one the wedding person yeah so that was after her wedding obviously she was married to him at the point gotcha but even, like, in that wedding, like, again, I, I was just transitioning into a job, so I didn't mm-hmm. even have any money. Um, she wanted me to be her maid of honor. Um, I literally, like, did every single task that she asked me to do, mm-hmm. and it still, like, was not good enough. And she, her, like, gift for me was, like... Because <laughs> you were we, one of the maid of honors, or the maid, the bridesmaids. The maid of honor. Maid of honor. Um, was a re-gift lotion just like a perfume lotion what a shit person and fake pearl earrings that were like like i i get really sensitive i have sensitive ears so anything that's not um gold or silver or whatever like my ears will get irritated that's crazy to me because gold isn't that expensive no yeah no pearl earrings are like 150 bucks max yeah Yeah. um and she made she made 70 thousand dollars off of her wedding seventy thousand that's crazy dollars um yeah and she couldn't even like and i will say to do before we actually like before she gave the gifts mm. she showed me three things from like tiffany's or wherever it was at the time mm. uh, which one i liked and told me to choose one. Oh, bitch and then so i didn't complete all the tasks that she wanted she just gave me like a reused gift oh, here's a here's Here's some earrings from Claire. Claire, Claire is a thing? Yeah. Claire's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got that right. But yeah, so she's probably the only person that, like, ribbed into me and, like, actually liked her husband. Him and I were very similar. Mm. Um, he was a really good guy. But mm. she would just, uh, she just said so many, like, mean things at that point, which to me meant nothing because I was done with the relationship. Mm. Um, so, I don't know. That one didn't really uh, hit the same way that yours did. Mm-hmm. But I will say the only thing that does bug me when people say, like, people have a pre-perceived notion that I'm a bitch. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only one that now does bother me. You know what I'll say about that, though? When you really think about that one, none of those people are people that actually have a conversation with you. No. You it, it's like, all just based on me. Uh, resting bitch face. Uh yeah or me being shy just yeah. because i'm not super chatty and outgoing right. initially doesn't mean that i'm a bitch right. um but I, I will say that's the number one thing and um it never used to bug me when i was in my early 20s and i think that's just because um i was a lot more social mm-hmm. and it never affected my work setting but that. now being in a work setting where you have to be out in the open all the time mm-hmm. and it it sometimes depends on your livelihood. Mm-hmm. Um, it does bother me that it's like, um, you know, that it's just something that people just yeah. assume. Yeah. 
well, maybe this uh, new YouTube venture is the way to go. Solo, give all the info, <laughs> God. and get out with the cash flow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anything you want to say before we wrap it up? No, sir. I have to pee so bad. Excellent. All right, folks. Well, T's going to go take a pee. See what I did there? Mm. T's going to pee. TP Locks. <laughs> hey. Shout out. Shout out to TP Locks. But uh, we'll catch you guys on break time coming up on Friday. And for us here at Inside the Gray, I'm just kidding, it's in the gray. Uh, have a good <laughs> so day, dude. I don't know why I said that.